Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This podcast is part of more than baseball, uh, more than baseball is working daily to better the lives of minor leaguers all over. Uh, our mission is to protect and enhance the future of the game by allowing every baseball player to live a better life during and after their careers. Check them out at morethanbaseball.org. All right. I am super excited for my guest today. Drafted originally by the Blue Jays in the 30th round. Absolutely grinded. Mr. D3 even. Um, he made his major league debut this season for the Miami Marlins. It's my pleasure to welcome. Welcome on Jake Fishman. How's it going, brother? It's going great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and thanks for making this work. I know like you've been kind of uh, going back and forth here. You're traveling a little bit. Like, what, what has the last couple of days been like for you? Yeah, um, so I got called back up uh, about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in Jacksonville with the AAA team. And their season's wrapping up. And they're checking out of their apartment. So I kind of I had to win an off day today. So I flew back to Jacksonville, mm -hmm. grabbed all my stuff, and drove five hours to come back to Miami. <laughs> so what do you do like are you like a podcast listener and when you're driving do you like uh music like what is what, what keeps you entertained while you're driving because i i actually personally like like doing road trips and all that kind of stuff uh but what kind of driver are you i definitely like music okay yeah and um i'll like kind of put on youtube videos and just mm -hmm. like not obviously look at the screen but yeah just kind of like listen to it uh it's kind of like my form of podcast almost you know what? I do the same thing. I, I would rather like listen and I'll kind of just put it on the side, um, just take a glance here and there. And like, I'd rather do that than listen to like an actual podcast, which is weird because sometimes it's like the same content. Yeah, but, uh, I, I just feel like it's more. I don't know why I feel like I get more out of it when I like watch it slash like listen to it when I'm driving rather than like an actual audio um, like podcast or Spotify or whatever that may be. But uh, yeah, let's talk about YouTube. I guess you brought that up. We can talk about your channel real quick. I wasn't going to talk about that, but you kind of mentioned YouTube like you have your own YouTube channel. Like, how did that start? Yeah. Um, so probably in 2018, I started uploading some technology videos, just talking about my MacBook that I got and giving people some tutorials on how to do stuff. And it uh, over time, you know, over a few years, it kind of snowballed into a couple thousand subscribers. And, you know, my videos were getting views and I was helping people do stuff. I was like, hey, it's like, you know, making a little money on the side. I was like, this is kind of kind of cool kind of nice um i definitely like the revenue model of like you know if you plan out a good video that um hits search terms on youtube mm -hmm. and people are just going to keep searching those and your video is going to keep popping up 
um, you can, you know, continue to get views over a long period of time. The YouTube algorithm is an absolute trip because like I'm on YouTube and stuff, but it's so hard to grow like on YouTube. It's just it's insane. But yeah, like trying to like I, I'll watch that on YouTube. I'll be like how to how to do the algorithm and all that kind of stuff, like try to the tags and all that, like the stuff to get searched and stuff, because it is hard to grow. But like once you start growing, I feel like it kind of starts like that momentum kind of keeps going. So that's cool. Yeah, it took me like I I like realized my first search term that I found and that there wasn't really any videos on it. And then it was just like, oh, I like I understand it now. Yeah. I know what to look for. And it just kind of all made sense from there. That's cool. All right. So let's go back with the last couple of weeks. So obviously it's been wild for you. Um, you went back and forth in the show. You made your major, you made your major league debut a couple uh, weeks or months ago. Now, congrats for you for that. Um, and you've gone back and forth between the majors and triple a um like how has that been for you just kind of going back and forth like from to the majors to the to the uh, back to triple a back to the majors um and then you had a decision to make where you, if you're going to stay with the marlins and all that kind of stuff and that worked out for you because now you're back in the majors so like what has this last couple of weeks been like for you in that in that regards uh very hectic you know <laughs> like of, of course like your debut is going to be very hectic where you yeah. just it's a whirlwind. You get called up, you know, your whole, a lot of family and friends are showing up and you're panicking mm -hmm. and um, getting that first one over with is a huge weight off the chest. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's interesting because you have this dream of making the big leagues mm -hmm. and you envision it as like, you know, I'm going to make it and then I'm going to be there for years. Yeah. And I made my debut and then immediately got designated for assignment the next day. Wow. Um, you know, so it's like once you once you hit the top, like you're in AAA for a while, you kind of see how it works and what's going on. So I, I knew that that was going to happen, you know, like 95 percent sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wasn't like super heartbroken about it. Obviously, you want to be there, but, you know, I could see it and then uh, went back down kind of pitched terrible for a couple outings and then got it back just like everything's so crazy it's uh it happens to a lot of people that go up and then come down and then they're terrible um and then they ended up calling me up that is? Oh. like i got to go sidetrack but like why do you think that is uh it's just it's a mental thing so difficult to focus okay. you know like like for whatever reason um you know, obviously a, a large part of the game is mental and in the moment being able to focus. Um, and for those, you know, for probably about a week, I just found it very difficult to focus sure. for whatever, you know, for whatever reason that is, um, you know, I, I know it happens to a lot of people, but um, yeah, um, they ended up calling me up a month later and then the same thing happened. I was up there for a couple of days, pitched once, sent back down. And then I was able to, you know, I, I could choose to elect free agency um, or, you know, you're, you're waiting for initially you're waiting for waivers to go through. Mm -hmm. So both times I cleared waivers, nobody claimed me. And then the second time I had the option to elect free agency or stay with the Marlins. And for me, it was kind of a no brainer. I, you know, I'm, I was going to go back to the Marlins and it just made sense at the time month left in the season they had called me up already so you know they obviously like me and i yeah. enjoy being there so yeah and then honestly after that i was like i don't 
I don't think I'm probably going to get called up again. <laughs> Surprise. Um, but here we are. Yeah. It's always when you never think it's going to happen. And then they call you up. Um, yeah. I've been up uh, about a week now. I've, I made an outing and I didn't get designated for assignment. Yeah, that's kind of like a so, <laughs> you know, pretty sweet. Like, were you kind of anticipating like as soon as you made that your first outing, you're like, all right, they're going to send me down now. I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> but yeah. I threw 3.2 innings in my outing. So after that, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Normally, if you throw over three, you're, it's like a for sure you're going down. Just because they usually, you know, if you're the guy that's in the revolving door, they need a new arm. You just yep. threw a loss. You can't pitch. Um, but then I stayed. So yeah. that was pretty – it's a big milestone for me, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And before I want to get more into that, of course, but like you had mentioned about like the whole waiver process. Um, how is it like or how anxious or nervous are you during that process? Because obviously you're it's you don't know what's going to happen if a team's going to claim you or if you're just going to stay with the the Marlins. Um, like what is that whole process like and how do you stay mentally strong during it? Um, it didn't really affect me too much. Mm -hmm. I, I was just assuming that I would clear waivers and go back to the Marlins because um, that you know, uh, I mean, the best case scenario is that somebody claims you and puts you on their 40 man. Cause yeah, you have a good chance of getting back to the big leagues. But uh, yeah, I just kind of went into it with the mentality of I'm probably going back to the Marlins. And then I got that phone call the first time and then I was freaking out. And then they told me that I cleared waivers. I okay. Like, That's what I expected. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, I just went into it with that mentality and it, it kind of uh, it's only 48 hours. So it goes by pretty quick and you're, you go home, you're not allowed to go to the field. So wow. they just, um, they fly you home. So it's kind of nice to spend that those couple of days at home. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of cool. I was, I was going to ask you like how long that the process is, but, but it's only 48 hours. I guess it's not too long. Uh, plus you get that time to actually kind of hang out with the family and all that kind of cool stuff. Um, all right. So let's talk about being in the show. Um, you obviously you've been in the minors for a few years. Um, what was that one moment that you just realized, like, all right, I'm in the show now? Was it like maybe the the spread, the 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 clubbies just being able? You you want like uh, a Red Bull before the game is just right there waiting for you. Like anything you want is there. The hotels, the flight. Like what was like that moment? Like I'm in the show for you. Good question. I would say um, this most recent time that I got called up, going on the road trip. Okay. So both times before we were at home and never got to go on a plane flight or, you know, take the bus with the guys. Um, so finally got to do that. And you just, you know, you get onto the plane and you're like, wow, <laughs> every seat's a first class seat. You got people playing cards and having fun. Um, and that was probably the moment where I was like, okay, this is, yeah, this is way better than a 6 a.m. flight that you know you're you're miserable got up at four in the morning um you know and in contrast to this where we drive up to the plane on the bus hop on the plane and it's a very luxurious experience yeah so what what do you do on the plane are you just kind of are you a cards guy you try to get some sleep uh maybe you crack a few cold ones with the boys like what do you do I'm, obviously you're a rookie you want you don't want to overstep your boundaries and stuff like that but like what do you do during you know on this last couple of trips that you've been on um so i've i've been on you know one one trip okay to uh the nationals place and uh on the plane ride there i slept <laughs> because 
that morning I had a 6 a.m. flight to Miami. So I was up at four in the morning and then went to the field and then we got in. We didn't get in till like three in the morning. Um, so I was just, I was dead. Um, yeah. But I'll, uh, I don't know. I'm, I might dabble at the cards table next time, see what happens. Who's, uh, who's like the clubhouse guy for the Marlins? Like who's maybe like keeps it loose for the guys? Because um, obviously you're new, you're kind of new there, obviously. But like who is maybe off the first experience? Like who do you see just kind of like maybe like the alpha in the in the locker room? Uh, definitely Miguel Rojas. Okay. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's the best guy ever. Um, but he's always up there controlling the microphone, telling stories, and he's in the clubhouse causing a ruckus uh he's awesome <laughs> yeah that's pretty sweet so like i loved talking about like rookie hazing stories because obviously you you only been <laughs> a little bit of time i talked to like nick heath from the royals uh, last year he said that he had to wear like a hazmat suit on the airplane they had to blow it up he couldn't move <laughs> anywhere it was super uncomfortable um tyler zuber also with the royals he had to do like um karaoke um like on on the bus and stuff like have you had experience any of that in the in the short time that you've been with the marlins um, so I know that on our next plane flight, we're doing a, a rookie dress up. Okay. Um, you know what it is, so, you break it or is it kind of secret still? Yeah. Uh, so the older guys, they get the, they get the, uh, apparel that we wear. So I have no idea what's going to happen, but <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. And that's, is that on the trip to Miami or Milwaukee? Um, that's on the trip to New York. Okay. Yeah. So this this Friday, hopefully, or upcoming Friday, you know, we'll see you in, in Milwaukee. I already told my wife, like, we're going there. Like, if you're, <laughs> if you're pitching, if you're in on the team, like, we're going to be there. Like, I don't know what day. That's awesome. But uh, we'll have to make it work, and I'll have to let you know. Maybe uh, I'll get to meet you over there in person all that, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, so um, obviously the Marlins, like, they have some absolute studs on the team. Like, you look at, like, Pablo Lopez and uh, Sandy Alcantara. Like, Alcantara, like, how do you – how is it watching those guys pitch? Because those dudes are just nasty it's crazy like especially sandy um obviously pablo's amazing but sandy's just on another level i've seen two of his complete games yeah and he's just a beast he he never stops he'll be at 100 pitches still throwing 100 and i'm sitting there thinking how does this guy do this yeah you know i'm dying at pitch 50 yeah i'm a reliever but like you know it's just unbelievable to be able to watch those guys pitch and honestly our our entire rotation mm -hmm. is insane um especially when they're all healthy but we got jesus lazardo trevor rogers braxton garrett it's they're all very very talented yeah and jesus lazardo i think he just had like a 13 or 14k game just like yesterday or the day before like that that dude came from oakland like that's my team growing up i grew up in california so that's my team mm -hmm. and i was kind of mad when they traded him last season <laughs> but uh i knew he was gonna do good and like he's like yeah he's a, he's a stud like he's always had that talent yeah he's a he's a treat to watch as well have you been able to like um learn anything from just watching some of these uh older veterans or maybe even guys that you played with and now they've maybe got the call up before you um like has there anyone anyone there that you've been able to like pick their brain, just kind of get more information about and like, Hey, how do I like perform better in the majors? Definitely. Um, so when I first got called up, um, there were two, two main people that I talked to. Uh, one was Anthony Bass who okay. ended up getting traded to the blue Jays um, and Steven Oker. And 
you know, I've been friends with, with Oak Ridge for a while. He was in AAA with me last year. Um, and basically the main things that they told me to calm me down before I made my debut was if you're working ahead, it's going to be so much easier for you. Yeah. Like you just, you just have to go in throw strikes. And then once you get two strikes, then you can try and make a pitch. Okay. Um, and that helped me a lot because when you first get out there for your debut and you can barely feel your body, you're just like trying to throw that over the plate. Hopefully it goes there. Yeah. Um, so just not trying to do too much. And, you know, every outing has gotten better for me because I've gotten more comfortable and I'm ready. You know, I just feel way better being like, I'm going to try and hit a spot and get it there. And, uh, and you know, just not really being afraid to pitch to big leaguers. Because, uh, you know, when you initially get up there, you're like, you're facing all these guys. That, Francisco Lindor. <laughs> yeah, right. And then what what really made it settle in for me was when I faced Lindor twice. And he grounded out both times. I was like, wow. Even big leaguers that are studs, all stars, will ground out on your, you know, if you make good pitches. So did you face him twice in your in your debut or just once? I faced him twice in my debut. So we can go ahead and say Francisco Lindor is over two against you. <laughs> Dude, he, and that guy, like he said, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. Like I would be the cockiest person. And that's probably why I'm not in baseball. You are. Um, I would be like, all right, I might as well just end my career now. Over two against me, you know, one of the best players in, in baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it uh, it obviously feels really good to be able to get him out mm-hmm. twice. Um, but you know, baseball is such a funny sport because you know, one outing doesn't define you, one inning doesn't define you, right. one pitch doesn't. You know, there it can it can flip so quickly on you. Um, you just gotta keep your head down, stay level, and just. Mm-hmm keep making good pitches yeah no for sure so tell me this then when you get the call you hear the, the the phone ring or the rocky ring and you you they say your name and you you will start walking out to the uh to the mound and you see francisco lindor standing there like what is going through your mind like all right i'm making my debut against the met and i this see the francisco met. lindor there one of the better hitters in baseball like what is going through your mind like <laughs> i'd be just freaking out yeah that was the first so who's the first batter that i faced yeah. so it was first and second two outs Francisco Lindor was up and I just remember thinking initially in my head because so I'm a I'm a funky lefty and so a lot of coaches will say oh you know you're gonna be a lefty specialist you're a lefty guy and here they are bringing me in to face Francisco Lindor in you know a little pressure situation um so initially I was just thinking okay Step one's get this ball over the plate for a strike, and then we can go from there. Um, and he didn't swing. It was a strike. That kind of calmed me down. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we can throw a strike. Um, and then just tried to make good pitches from there. And he, he ended up grounding out on a, kind of a fastball down the middle. And uh, and just goes to show you, they'll they'll get themselves out. They're not always going to hit your mistakes obviously yeah. don't want to make mistakes but you know they're gonna make mistakes too 
Yeah, that's that's crazy. And good for you. Like that's insane. Like you know, being able to get him out twice in your major league debut, one of the hotter teams in baseball, one of the hotter hitters in baseball. Um, another guy I want to talk to you about is is Jazz. Obviously on your team, he's he's just an absolute stud. Like he's probably one of the most like. I feel like he's just so drippy. Like, you know, he's just like stylish. Like he just has a swag, right? Like, what is it like playing with him and playing or pitching with him behind you? Um, so he's actually hurt right now. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, so he I believe he he had a stress fracture in his back. Um, so he has been out for a little bit. Um, and he's not gonna be he's not gonna make it back uh, for the season. Okay. Obviously incredibly fun player to watch yep. um and he's just a beast out there like watching him swing yeah he's got a great swing and he can he's got some pop behind it yeah he's, he's probably one of the most electric electric play, players to watch just like in, the marlins aren't my team although i'll say this like i've had so many marlin like prospects on i might be an unofficial marlins podcast at this moment like I have, <laughs> i've had so many guys on yeah uh, from the marlins organization that's cool and i, I live like 40 minutes from beloit so like um, like I'll try and make it out there as much as I can this year. I didn't as much as I, I, I'd like to, but in the future, I'm trying to do that more. Um, you were that you were there for, or were you there? I guess I should ask for Jordan, uh, Grosh, is it Groshan? Am I? Yep. Groshan's yep. Groshan's debut. Like, were you there for that when he hit, he made that hit and his brother's running around the stadium? Um, so I did see his brother run around the stadium. I think he debuted. I think he played the first day, uh, before I got there oh. and he didn't get the hit. And then the next day I was there and that's when he, he got his hits and his brother was running crazy. Uh, might've been a Homer that he hit actually. Yeah. Um, where, his, where his brother was going crazy. I was there for that. Uh, but he's, he's a great player. Uh, Cause we both came from the blue Jays. So I knew him before we both came over here. Um, and then, yeah, he's just, we've gotten along really well. Um, and I think he's a really, really good player. He's going to be, he's still so young. He's only 22, um, but he's shown he can, he can really hit that ball. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably stick around there. Um, I got to say this, the Marlins jerseys have to be like some of the cleanest, like just dope looking jerseys ever. Like those are the black ones, like they're connect jerseys. Like, like how is it just rocking those jerseys? Cause I think you wore the black one when you were there pitching. Like, how is it? Like, are those not the best jerseys ever? And like, I'm saying that as unbiased, like I'm not even the Marlins guy. <laughs> Yeah, I love them. Uh, it feels great to wear, you know, it, even just even if it wasn't the the, I think they look amazing. But just the fact that you're, you know, when you put on that big league uniform, it just it feels amazing. Yeah. And what was it like putting it on for the first time? Like as you, you know, you putting it on and you're like, OK, this is no longer a minor league uniform. I'm rocking <laughs> a major league uniform, like in a major league clubhouse standing next to you. Hey, who's who's your who's who's your locker mate or who's this next to you? Uh, so Garrett Cooper's to my left and Brian Hoeing's to my right. Brian Hoeing, friend of the pod. He's been on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Guy. Uh, yeah. Great guy. Uh, so I've also uh so i've been like bouncing around a little but those are my two current uh walker mates yeah i was just reaching out to him yesterday after he was pitching and he made that uh like the catch or the jump in yeah. the inning or something i'm like that i'm like okay gold glove <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um all right so um if we're being honest like the average 30th round pick or 30th round draft pick doesn't like always make it to the show and stuff like that um what advice would you give to maybe guys who are drafted higher or maybe guys who went to smaller schools or D3 schools? Uh, what advice would you give to them as they're trying to like maybe pursue their career? Yeah, great question. 
Um, in order to keep playing at the next level, there's going to be an adjustment you have to make every, every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, a lot of that was just developing my routine. My recovery routine uh, was a huge, huge factor. And for a lot of people, that's a big factor because if you can't throw, you can't move up. Yeah. Um, so you have to develop a routine. You have to figure out what works for you. And that means you have to test a ton of different stuff. So my advice is always to just keep testing stuff, figure out what works for you and then get that core routine and then continue to test other stuff and see if it's going to fit in for you and work for you. Um, and just never, never settle Mm. because too often you see guys come back and they're the same pitcher as they were the year before. And you, you often more than often see those guys end up not making it to the next level. Um, so you just have to keep making those adjustments. Yeah. And baseball is a game of adjustments for sure. And like, obviously you, you can speak that from that experience that you've had gone through all the minors and, um, and obviously now making your major league debut and stuff. And like you said, you're getting better as you progress and get more confidence pitching through, you know, major league hitters and stuff. Um, so let's talk about like you in high school and growing up, like when did you realize you were kind of nasty at baseball? <laughs> um, you know, I had a good high school career. Yeah. Um, but I was pretty small, pretty scrawny. So there was no division one teams that were really looking at me, um, which is why I ended up going to union college, the D three school. And yeah, I knew I, I knew I could play in college when I was in high school, but I wasn't I didn't think of myself as like this nasty professional baseball player that had that could get there um, in college. After my freshman year, I uh, started going to Cressy Sports Performance mm-hmm. training and put on 20 pounds. Velo jumped up almost like eight, nine miles per hour. Um, and that's when I first hit 90. Nice. And just had a, you know, a, a pretty solid sophomore season um, and came back the next year. Sorry, in the uh, in the summer, pitched in the Brockton Rocks in the Futures League. Oh, cool! Facing a lot of D one guys, I was and felt pretty confident. And that's kind of when I started to pick up on. Okay, I think I, you know, I think I fit in. If I can get these guys out, it's pretty good. And I came back for my junior season, and that's where I had uh, just like a really dominant performance all year long. Um, and that's kind of when I in my mind, I was like, okay, I think, I think we can get to the next level. Yeah. And like, obviously you got drafted. Like how was that experience? Or actually, let me ask you this in college, what was one team that you just love to face? Maybe their fans were the trippiest. Uh, maybe like they're extra cocky, the players, like what was one team you just love pitching against? Um, so there was this team university of Rochester. They, uh, they were our, one of our enemies, um, nice. But they were they were always fun to play. It was a it was a battle against those guys, um, and yeah, they had they had some great players over there. Uh, that was definitely my favorite team to face. 
Yeah. Like, what, what was the biggest game that you pitched in? Or maybe like the game where you just absolutely just shoved, like maybe your favorite game where you just look back and like, man, I was just on fire. Um, it was a game against those guys. <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I pitched all nine innings, struck out 18 guys. 18? 18 guys. Um, and okay. funny enough, that's the Blue Jays scout was at that game. Um, so that definitely helps that situation. Yeah, um, they might have cemented like their decision to like draft you. Just looking at this guy, like, where did this kid come from? Striking out yeah. in complete game. Yeah, um, and you know I've talked to my scout Jamie Lehman, who who ended up signing me, and he said you know he was at that game, and then he came to the NCAA regional game, um, and had another really good performance there how many he said, did you have there uh i think 12 that's not bad still <laughs> yeah yeah so and he said that's when he realized that i had what it took at the next level was when he saw me at the regional game pitching against ramapo who was you know number eight in the country at the time wow so do you think the blue jays kind of look now as you're making your major league debut uh Francisco Lindor is over two against you. Maybe they're just looking at you like, man, we let him go. <laughs> I don't think so. Away. Yeah. I don't think they, um, I don't think they see me like that. Uh, I love the guys over there in, you know, when I made my debut, um, a few of them, a few of those, the staff reached out to me and were very happy for me. Um, but you know, they are a, a different type of team than the Marlins. They are a, a big market team, so they're kind of looking for guys that are uh, top of the market that they can toss some big money at. So yeah, well, you never know. Maybe maybe you'll become that guy. Like, you you have that beard growing. I'm like, okay, like, yeah. I, thought, I thought you were a closer for a second, trying to intimidate me. Yeah. I was getting scared. I'm like, oh man, I might go 0 for three against you right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, hey, we'll see. Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so how was draft day then for you? Obviously, you get drafted in the 30th round. Like, as the rounds are going by, like, what is kind of going through your mind? It was a hectic, hectic weekend. Um, just because, you know, talking to a few scouts, they had me kind of lined up in the 10 to 12 round round range. Um, and on, on that third day, it just goes by so fast. Right. They're rapid firing names. So those rounds flew by and we were in the 20s. And I get a uh, phone call from my advisor at the time. And, uh, and he's like the, you know, I just talked to the blue Jays. I think they're going to pick you. They're calling, they're asking me, you know, about all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so he hangs up and a couple minutes later, I get a phone call from an unknown number. And it was the scout that signed me as Jamie Lehman. And, uh, and he just told me, Hey, we, we just signed you. I'm so fired up. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, a very overwhelming, you know, cause especially when you're, when you go in the 30th round, you don't know if you're going to get drafted. Yeah. Um, so when I got that phone call, it was just very overwhelming for me. No, absolutely. And, and who was there? Like who was there with you during the time? I don't know if you had a draft party or just like a, a gathering and stuff like, but who was there like family and all that stuff? So I was driving in the car at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was playing for the, I was playing for the Wareham Gateman in the Cape Cod league. 
right. and it was draft day and it was, we had a rain out. So I said, okay, I'm going to drive home um, and just you know spend the day there. So on my way home, that's when all this stuff happened. So wow. that was crazy. Yeah, that's insane getting drafted. Um, obviously, you go from there to the minors and the minor leagues is no joke. Um, it's just an absolute grind. And like you, you obviously know that going through it and all that stuff. Um, do you have any funny like minor league stories where like I've had guys who tell me like they've had fans climb the bus to try to take pictures of them and autographs. I've had, you know, they pull back the sheets and they see blood on the sheets and stuff. Um, broken down buses. Do you have any like funny minor league stories? Yeah, man. Off the top of my head, I, I should have some stories, but I'm kind of blank. And no, it's but... all good. Um, what was maybe one city that you've got, you got to, or like, you just look around and you're like, where am I? Like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Shouldn't even be in the city. Well, what I can say is I was in the GCL, um, in rookie ball my first year. And that was my first experience of Florida in the summer. Oh man. Playing every day at 12 o'clock. And I had no idea what was going on, but I knew that I was sucking in that, yeah. <laughs> that league. I was so bad and I had no idea what to do. Um, looking back, that league does not make it easy for anybody to be successful. Mm -hmm. Like that's probably the hardest, the hardest minor league league to pitch in for me. Um, and I just remember questioning what baseball was and you you play for so long with, 10 people watching you on a backfield and it's miserable. Yeah. What, um, did you ever play in Beloit? Obviously you were, I don't know if you were there for low way or if you were there with the blue Jays and during low way and stuff, but like, did you ever get to play in Beloit? Or I, I shouldn't even say get to play. I say, did you have to play in Beloit? <laughs> I've heard not great things, uh, about the old stadium there. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did. So when I came over to the Marlins, um, I ended up going to triple a, um, so, and I only spent a couple, a couple of weeks in the, the, uh, Midwest league. So I don't think I ended up there. Yeah, no, it's, that old stadium was no joke. And I, I've had guys on, like I said, from the Marlins, I told Brian Holing this, I said, Hey, you got to put Beloit snapper survivor in your like Twitter bio, because like you were able to survive pitching there. Like the grass is all jacked up. Like the lighting sucks. Um, the scoreboard is terrible. Like the visitor locker room is an like, absolute joke. Like, it's it's insane how how shabby like that that stadium is. The new one's beautiful. Like I've been to the new one; it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but just being able to play in that in that environment is not ideal for like a major or minor leaguer or even a professional baseball player in general. Yeah, I've I've heard stories. I do I do remember when I was in the uh, the Northwest League. Oh, man, I can't remember what stadium it was, but I remember getting into the locker room, and the floor was dirt. Yeah, I've heard I, was, I can't remember, but I someone else has told me that too. Yeah, and I was like, "What the heck is this place? Like, we don't even have a floor." Yeah, that's insane. Like, if you yeah. take a shower, you get out of the shower, and you walk in on like dirt to get to like your yeah. lockers and stuff. Literally, wow. it was gross. And like, obviously, now with the whole minor league, um, the unions forming and stuff, hopefully, some of that stuff changes. Uh, like I don't know if that stadium's in existence. Hopefully, um, hopefully they've upgraded since, and uh, uh -oh, if not, like whatever. Um, so talk to me about draft. Uh, sorry, talk to me about your call up. Obviously, wait, where were you when you got the information that you're getting called up? Um, and like, who was the first person you called? Yep. So we were in uh, Gwinnett, um, 
and the playing the Braves triple A team. And I remember we had a game where I was pretty, pretty likely to pitch in. Mm-hmm. We were kind of running out of pitching and we got to the ninth inning and they went with somebody else. And I was like, well, that was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe something's up with that. Um, turns out that they had a couple injuries in the big leagues. So when I came back in after the game, my pitching coach came and, and grabbed me and said, hey, you know, come with me for a second. So I'll go into the manager's office, and I was in there with another teammate, Nick Nider, and he said, we're sending you guys to Miami. Nice. On the taxi squad. And they do this thing now where, like, you have this taxi squad where you're not – you don't have to be activated, but you can be at the – like, you know, in the big leagues with them ready to go okay so uh, i was like hey that's closest i've ever been so yeah uh so first people i called were my parents um and then called my brother and my girlfriend and my best friend from home um so got to miami early the next day get to the clubhouse talk to don mattingly and he says hey uh we don't know exactly what's going to happen yet we got a few transactions to go through and then we'll know if you'll be active tonight. So I was like, okay. And I'm sitting in the clubhouse waiting probably two out, two hours before the game or so. Wow. Uh, one of the, one of the clubbies came and grabbed me and um, walked me into Mattingly's office. And then he came up to me, shook my hand and said, congratulations. You're going to be active for tonight's game. Nice. So how is Matt yeah. as, a, as a manager? Like, obviously, he's had success in other, like, all throughout his career and as a manager and stuff. Like, how is he as a manager? Um, I love him. You know, I love the, how he does things, okay. how he talks to us. Uh, he has a lot of respect for the players and for the other staff members. So I, I really enjoy playing for him. Um, so, yeah. What has been, uh, and like, uh, as you're in a couple of different stadiums that you've been to as a major leaguer, uh, what has been, uh, maybe like the, the place where the fans are maybe the most rowdiest, or maybe like, even if you talk to guys who say like this specific stadium, like we just hate pitching in, um, I talked to Tyler Zuber from the Royals and he said that when he was in uh, Chicago for the White Sox, like nonstop, just chirping at him every single thing they're just, no matter how he pitched, what he did. As he was warming up and as he was leaving, like nonstop, just chirping at him. Like what stadium, um, if you've experienced this or maybe you've heard, has just been like the craziest fans. Um, So I've only been to the Nationals place and our place so far. Okay. So tough for me to comment on that. Obviously, I know that those Phillies fans are pretty rowdy. I've heard. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Haven't really experienced that firsthand, but um, that's definitely what I've heard. How was it warming up then in the Nationals pen? Like, were they, was anybody just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've never been to that stadium, so I don't know how, like, the whole bullpen is it, like, um, tucked away or, they, or can fans see you when, when you're warming up? Yeah, they can see you, but honestly, there weren't too many people going crazy, saying stuff at you. Um, it seemed pretty calm, actually. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's cool. That's, that's, I'd love to hear that. Um, um, have you... Actually, no, you know what? I see this. So growing up in high school, like I, I had a guy from the Mets organization on David Griffin. Did you ever play against him in high school? He was uh, in like the. Uh... So, uh, yeah, I know who he is. Okay. Um, 
I don't think we played each other in high school. Maybe um, like two years younger, I think. Maybe. But yeah. Uh, but we went to Perry College, I believe. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I told him this when I had him on. And I'm probably tell you this too, because I'm assuming you're a Celtics fan. Not a huge basketball fan, but Celtics are, you know, obviously my hometown team. So yeah. And people are going to know this and try to ruin our new friendship. I told him the same thing because I'm a Warriors fan. Um, so I just want to get this out in the open, you know, that I have no hard feelings toward any Celtics fan. Um, although we won, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a problem. You know, <laughs> there's no hard feelings, I promise. All right. Right on. I'd love to hear that. All right. Um, so when you're not pitching, like, what do you do for fun? Obviously you have your YouTube channel, uh, but what do you do for fun? Like, are you a golfer? Like what, what, what do you do? Uh, what does Jake Fishman do when he's not pitching? Love golfing. Got it. I got into it over COVID, you know, when we didn't have a season um, and just got addicted to it. It's so much fun and love playing video games. I've been playing a lot of Rocket League lately. Me too. Uh, I had I had stopped playing. because I just suck at it. Yeah, it's so hard. Uh, But it's such an intriguing game to me because you actually have to train your skills. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's just. I haven't encountered a, a game that's like that for me. Um, you know, like all the shooter, first person shooter games, you just kind of, there's no, you know, you either get at it or you're not, you're not really training to get better at it. Yeah. But I just got into diamonds. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> nice. Nice. So what, what other games do you play other than rocket league? Uh, most recently I just, uh, played through dark souls three. Okay. Uh, yeah, former game uh, before Elden Ring. So that's a massive game that just came out. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm a big Pokemon fan. Uh, my walkout is the Pokemon theme song. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so obviously playing some Pokemon. Yeah, who, who's maybe one guy that you uh, golfed with, maybe either in like AAA, because that's where you spent most of your time, or even the majors, maybe if you've gotten to do that, uh, who's just like a stud at golf. And you're, you look at him like, okay, you're good at baseball. Now you're good at golf. Is there anything you can't do? Um, so actually, Brian Helling is a really good golfer. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's just a, a pure athlete. He's yep. good at basketball. You know, he probably could have played in college, uh, I believe is what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, good at he's good at golf he's just a good athlete yeah he, i think when i had him on we were talking about how you know the playing basketball and how he kind of went baseball instead of basketball did you do any other sports in growing up or no i did i played basketball and i played soccer for one year in high school cool. um and then you know kind of as high school went on just started to focus purely on baseball yeah that's awesome so uh, what do you do to get hyped up when you're coming out of the bullpen? Because obviously you're, you're a reliever. I've had guys on who told me they do smelling salts, maybe Red Bull, uh, pre-workout dry or not dry. Um, and a couple of guys on the Marlins minor league, you know, a smaller or um, lower uh, minor, minor league teams, they tell me they like drown themselves. Like, what do you do to get like hyped up? So <laughs> I'm kind of a weird dude, I think, because I don't do anything. Okay. You're just automatically like ready to go. Yeah, I've found that when I do that stuff, you know, obviously I've I've tried, you know, taking pre-workout and doing well drowning myself. And, you know, I haven't done that before a game, but um, I found that it uh, it makes me not as good out there because I'm I get too excited, 
too overwhelmed. Like I try and throw too hard, do too much with everything. Um, so I found that when I'm not using an outside like stimulant or whatever, um, that that's when I'm pitching my best. Okay, cool. Um, right. One, one more question before we let you go here. Like what, what do you do? You mentioned that you listen to music and stuff on the road. Like what kind of music do you listen to when you're not listening to Pokemon songs? Uh, so my, my right now, um, I'm really into Odessa. So they are an electronic um, artist group that I would describe it as experience music okay. rather than like that. That's all. That's all I can really describe it as like you listen to the whole album and it's an experience and there's a lot of interesting sounds in there. Unique. It's very unique music. Um, so I've been listening to that to either calm me down before the game um, or if I'm just hanging on a bus ride or something, I'll toss it on and uh, kind of enjoy the experience while I'm listening to the music. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I'll have to check them out. I don't, I don't think I've heard of them, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely check them out. I want to say this before we go. Um, like I'm super excited that you major, major league debut, super excited for you. Hi for that. Um, this might be now the official Jake Fishman podcast. Just letting you know that. <laughs> Um, like I'll give you the contract. You can sign it later. No big deal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like I got you back. Like if I see people chirping at you on, on Twitter, I'm going to clap back at them for you. I'll be in, the gutter. <laughs> I'll be in the gutter of Twitter and social media fighting the good fight for you. Um, although like, you're a lovable guy, so I doubt anyone's doing that, but you never know. Like fans are just crazy nowadays, especially now that you're pitching in the majors, you know, who knows? Like they may be like, Hey, you lost me money or something. Like what is the funniest DM you may have gotten from a fan? Um, <laughs> I, I haven't honestly I haven't really gotten any too many DMs, um, but I've seen a few crazy stuff. And uh, <laughs> when I was in spring training with the Blue Jays, uh, one of our pitchers hit Bryce Harper, and he was getting death threats. Like, must have been a thousand death threats in his DMs. And that was kind of crazy. Like, I mean, he had to have security with him for a couple yeah. days because that, I mean, that's kind of yeah, serious. With. Yeah. That's, that's serious. yeah. Um, and then uh, Stephen Okert, when I was up for the second time, he got a, he got a Venmo request for ruining somebody's bet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, fans. Uh, I thought that was pretty yeah, that's pretty good, especially yeah. with, like legalized betting and stuff. Like I'm sure like fans or players get that all the time. Like you ruined my bet, you ruined this, or maybe you you yeah. you cashed in. Like you know, thanks for helping me win a couple things here and there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to have you uh, that you were able to come on. Glad we were able to make this work. Um, hopefully, we'll have you back on in the future. Um, what is like the future looking like for you? Uh, obviously, the season's almost over. Like, what do you plan on doing in the off season? Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, so uh, I'll I'll head back to Massachusetts and continue my training i'll take a little bit of time off um but i'll you know i'll head back to Cresty sports performance and mm -hmm. get back to my training and enjoy some some off time for sure it's been a, a long season a lot of traveling yeah no for sure again thanks for coming on and like i said i'll see you in milwaukee hopefully uh this coming upcoming friday um i'll have to send you a message connecting that way if, if it was warmer and like you were here longer like we golf like i don't golf but like i'd pretend yeah. I, I i would pretend to golf just you know just to make you happy that's what i tell some people like i don't i've never golfed before <laughs> yeah I, I appreciate that uh definitely we'll, we'll have to connect next week 
Um, and yeah, we can get you at a game. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. All right, brother. You have a great rest of your night. Thank you too. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.